1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Ryan Porteous fails in his appeal to overturn the red card shown at Ibrooks on Sunday. Scotland coach John Carver believes Scotland's win in Austria has set the standard going forward. And Stuart Armstrong thanks Stevie Clark for showing faith and including him in the squad ahead of Israel on Saturday. It is a busy midweek as always. Marvin Bartley, I'm delighted to say, joins us for the first time alongside, well, you're sick of the sight of him on a Wednesday night, Andy Halliday. How are we? Are we well? I'm all good, are you well more importantly? Oh, you're joking me, you've, you've given it 30 seconds before you're going to remind me who Hearts beat at the weekend <laughs> I'm surprised you're shocked, I've not seen you since I the Pride 1 derby you're doing this You never me. spoke to me for the first 10 minutes coming into the show And I thought, I wonder why, but it, it dawned on me Let's just say, as tough as it was, I've never been so delighted When that ball fell to your right foot and you shanked out for a throw-in <laughs> Shank? I was absolutely delighted that it didn't nestle Because I, I thought what, I would a, be phoning in That's the best me. right foot strike I've ever hit And it only went 5 yards away That says something uh, Marvin Bartley Welcome to the Madhouse How are you? No I'm good mate I'm good I'm very well thank you Good it's good to have you along And uh, we look forward to the next couple of hours Marvin and Andy here to take your calls On 01419511025 Now remember Every person who calls in the show And makes it on air Between now and Thursday Goes into the draw to win a pair of tickets To Scotland, Israel This weekend It's sold out This could practically be your only chance To get some tickets So I'm sure you'll be desperate To speak to the guys anyway But if that gives you a little nudge In the right direction Please do give us a call You must be over 18 T's and C's on the website At Clyde1.com And we will announce the winner On Friday's show uh, What does an international week Look like for you two? Bit of time off? Yeah um, I was speaking to Andy off air About it just then uh, We're in tomorrow And uh, be off Friday, Saturday, Sunday So yeah Three days off for us um, I didn't think the gaffer Was going to give us any time off Because we had a bit of a struggle In the start to the season <laughs> Um, but no, he's, he's given us a bit of time off and then we'll come back refreshed next week. Napping, PlayStation, <laughs> Hydro shows, anything else? None of the three. Uh, we'll, we'll train today. We train today. We've got a, a bounce game tomorrow against uh, Dundee United. So that's another Clyde One derby, even though it's so a bounce game. Producer Callum, yeah, he'll be all over um, that. And then, yeah, we've got the weekend off. But I'm, I'm 30 this weekend, Gordon. Are you? Yeah. Any big plans? Well, I don't know. It Scotland, seems Israel. To, it seems to be a surprise. So hopefully, it's the two tickets to hand. And it's like, <laughs> There's no chance. 01419511025 on the phones or at Clyde SSB on Twitter. As the guys have alluded to, it is obviously a big international week. Scotland, Israel coming up on Saturday. So maybe, maybe I don't know, Wednesday night. Is that the start of the time of the week when you get your thoughts in on that one? Uh, feel free to pick up the phone. Anything else? Ryan Portis, of course, um, losing his appeal today. Give us your thoughts on that Anything else you think we've missed It was really lively on the phones last night Talking about the start to the season How you rate your team's start to the season So whatever you've got 01419511025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB And like I say Worth reminding you Every caller who makes it on air Goes into the draw to win a pair of tickets For Scotland against Israel So give us a call And talk to the guys I think we will kick off with that um, News story if you like The one kind of breaking news story from today and it is that Ryan Portes has failed in his appeal to overturn that red card shown at Ibrox on Sunday. If you've not heard about this, where have you been, quite frankly? Because Sunday and Monday it was wall-to-wall on here. It's been everywhere. Everyone's debating it. And I just can't help but the nation has been desperate to hear what former Rangers midfielder and current Hearts midfielder makes of oh, Ryan really? is sending off. You... Well, they won't be too surprised with my answer, I'd imagine. Right, okay. I'm actually amazed at uh, how much sort of split decision this is. 
this is came and listen football's an opinion game everyone's got their own opinion but I mean it's a red card uh, by the book it's a red card by the law and even watching it oh, yep he doesn't make contact but let's not speculate what would have happened if he did make contact you know, Marvin's played with Ryan Portis he plays with his heart on his sleeve he's a, he's a competitive player I'm not for one instance saying he's going into the challenge trying to do any harm to Joe Aribo, but it could have been a lot, lot nastier than thankfully it was, and I, I can't say I'm surprised that the appeal was rejected. Yeah, before we get into the nitty-gritty, that's a good way to start. Are you surprised, or is that the outcome you expected, Marvin? No, it was the outcome that I expected uh, upon the appeal. Um, I think the referee, listen, I'm normally against referees, I think he made a, a good decision, because at first I thought, yeah, Ryan was coming in quickly, um, but obviously I saw it from the angle from kind of the, the Rangers TV, or when we watched it on Y Scout, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what, he, he might have got away with a booking, but I can see why he was sent off, as, as Andy says, by the letter of the law. Um, he's come with probably excessive force. And when you come in at that sort of pace, and listen, I used to do it week in, week out, but, but you have to hit the ball. You have to hit the ball with your, with your boot. If you, if you miss the ball and you go over the ball, then you know, you, you're leaving the referee with a decision to make and you know, can see it going either way. But to be fair, if I make the tackle, I'm, I'm hoping for a booking when I get up. If the tackle's on me, then I'm screaming for a red yeah. card. So it's kind of one of those. And, 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 and as Andy says, Ryan wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, he, every tackle he's fully committed into. I've been on the receiving end of a few of them when Livingston played Hibs. But, you know, luckily for me, he's probably hit the ball. Um, but I think when, once you miss the ball and you come in at that pace, you know, you, you're living yourself in trouble. I like Marvin's honesty. He's settling in quite the thing just straight up. He says, I'm normally against referees. But I said, first time, you, you know, you sometimes be caught sitting on that fence, but he was straight <laughs> in with his honesty. It's <laughs> a great debut so far. He can stay. He can stay. 01419511025 on the phones. Let's go to Hartley, who's a Rangers fan from Hamilton. What's your point tonight, Hartley? I'd like to say something totally outrageous. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> I think Ryan Porteous, I agree, incidentally, should have been sent off. Mm-hmm. I think he should sign for Rangers. I see that guy as potentially, not yet, potentially the best centre-half in Scotland. Stephen Gerrard would probably kill me for saying this, but I think we should sign him. Uh, he needs the rough edges uh, knocked out of him uh, that takes a bit of doing but that's what coaching's for you know what I'm going to see something even more outrageous it's a good start I'm, if you're going to I'm top that first statement to, to Sergio Ramos wow no that he started off the same way what a an absolute an absolute nutter in the field and fouls and getting sent off and everyone and ended up with Real Madrid for about 15 years and that place superb centre half he needs proper coaching and I say bring him to Ibrox Wow, you're right When Hartley said I'm going to say something outrageous I thought, oh no, seriously Don't get us in trouble after four minutes of the show And it was not what I expected um, Marvin, remind me how, What was the overlap at Hibs With Ryan Portis? Yeah, we played for a couple of years together Yeah, um, You know, the, the final two years I spent at the club And, and Ryan was just coming through there yeah. And you know, he's playing more and more um, Just before I left So, listen, I agree with Hartley I think he's a, he's a top quality centre-half um, You know, I think Ryan probably needs to take that bit of aggression out of his game. You know, 20 years ago, he'd have been, he'd have been applauded for, for the way he goes about the pitch, but he's always risking, you know, missing the ball as he did against Rangers and, and giving the referee a decision to make. But I, I agree. I think he's a fantastic centre-back. Um, you know, I think in order for him to mature, though, he needs to be playing week in, week out. Does that happen at Rangers at this moment in time? Um, probably not. You know, I think where he is now is, is the best place for, for him to be for kind of his development. But I agree, he'll, he'll go on to be an international one day. There, There is a rough edge there and he still is a little bit rash, but... You know, centre-halves normally don't hit their prime until, you know, their late 20s anyway. So, yeah, Ryan's uh, made a great start to his career. Everyone has been 
sending me still images of the various challenges that Ryan Portis has put in on Rangers players over the last few seasons. I think it's because they know how much I hate still images. This is like my bugbear <laughs> yeah. on the show, like just seriously. And slow replays as well. Still images are the worst. Um anyway, I whether Stephen Gerrard thinks that is something he would do or not, I, I'm not so sure. Andy, he, he certainly took his opportunity to uh, tell Ryan Portis what he made of the challenge at the weekend, as he has done in the past. Yeah. Um, so whether you're tipping him for a move to Ibrox or not, I'm not quite sure. But what do you make of Hartley's general point? I and is he the next Sergio Ramos? <laughs> not for me. But I actually thought in the summer that uh, Ryan Portis would be a player that potentially Celtic would look at. Um, sort of staying clear of any speculation towards Rangers, just because I thought. I mean, we spoke it. At week, at length, every single time Rangers kept a clean sheet, how, how solid their defensive unit they looked at. Never really seen it as an area of the pitch they had to improve. Uh, I don't think after eight league games, Rangers have all, all of a sudden a poor defensive team. Um, and like Marvin said, I think when, when Rangers have their two best centre-halves fit, you know, the likes of Philip Lander, Connor goals, and I think it's a very difficult uh, team for Ryan Potts to get into, but he's still young. I think he's what, tw- maybe 23? 22, I think. 22. Yeah. Still young, a lot of time to develop. Um, I think he's got a lot of attributes in his game. I think he's very athletic, he's very aggressive, but I think one thing that's pretty underrated about his game is I think he's got a good range of passing. I think he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. So, yeah, I think if he keeps developing the way he can, there's no doubt whatsoever he can get a, a move somewhere else. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it would be more you know, Celtic, the, the side of Glasgow, I could see you know, uh, looking at Ryan mm. Potts. Marvin, this has been part of the Ryan Porteous story for, for as long as I can remember, really, since he came into the first team. So, do, it, are are we now at a stage where you start to question whether it whether it ever will leave the game, or, or does that automatically come with age? At what point do you think will? Because I know I'd imagine will it be Neil Lennon and Jack Ross? I wonder how many, how many managers have tried to and have they tried to just take the the rein them in ever so slightly. I don't think you can take that away from his game though because I think you know he's that sort of player as I said you know he wears his heart on his sleeve so that that's the way he goes into every tackle I think if you begin to take stuff like that away from players you lose part of the player you know I don't think Ryan has an awful disciplinary record either no that's you know, the thing no. you know he's not sent off every every couple of games so clearly he, he's normally winning the ball I'm just saying when you do tackle in that way and you do mistime it then you leave yourself in trouble um, obviously he, he times more than he missed times because he's, he's not often sent off. I don't think you can go to Ryan and say you have to you know start being careful with your tackles because Andy will tell you you know we're ball winning players. If you start saying to us oh you can't tackle in that way then you're taking away part of our game and probably the strongest part of his game as well. Um, you know he has a reputation now where people do see him come flying in and, and you kind of jump out of the way and and, that, and that's part of Ryan's game. You can't take that away from him. Can you play- can you knock ten percent off it though? I mean for yeah. instance. Everyone looks at, look at the context of Sunday, for instance. Hibs are, are winning and they're, yeah. they're, and they're comfortable in the game. And can he get the ball? Can he do something to stop Joe Rebo, which is just short of of what he did? He can win the ball clearly. Um, I, I think Ryan can actually you know win the ball. I think he just goes into that rage when he the closer he gets and he sees a man coming in, an opponent coming in, and that makes him mistime it. Um, like you said, you, I don't think you take ten percent away from it. You can just say to yourself, "What well, can I go and actually win this ball clearly? If I can't, then you have to stay on your feet." Um, you know, you don't you don't want defenders ever sliding. When you see your centre back sliding, they're normally in trouble. I don't think Ryan needed to go in the way that he did mm-hmm. go in. He chose to go in that way, and he was sent off, and he'll grow from that. You mm-hmm. know, as Andy said, he's, he's a very young man, and he'll, he'll grow from these experiences. Hartley, I'm not sure, but I don't think they're having your Sergio Ramos comparison <laughs> quite yet. Uh, well, <laughs> I rate him as a centre half as well, but he's 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 got old now, although he's still very rich. No, I'm. I, I rate Ryan, and I think he. I'd like to see him stay in Scotland. Uh, being a Rangers supporter, that's why I plump for them, not Celtic. Just one thing I'd like to ask the guys: mm-hmm. What do you think he's worth? 
Ooh, here's a good question. What was the to- was it was it Millwall the previous one? I'm trying to think what yeah. that kind of speculated figure was. I think about a million. Yeah, just maybe. over a million pounds. Yeah. Um, always a tough question to answer because you're have to take into account contract length and stuff like that. But go on, give the man a, a guess <laughs> if you can. I, I, I would think closer to the, the two million pound mark, and I, and I think that because of the potential he has. Um, you know, I think you you do see a future Scotland international there. Um, so yeah, I think you know it has to be close to million, two million pounds for him to you know be prized away from Hibs. Mm. Okay, thank you to Hart Leo one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. Here's one right. Kenny wants to know, um, and this is such a common. Every time someone appeals, we get this. Kenny says, should the SFA increase a ban for players if the club put in a frivolous appeal, um, as Hibs did with Porte? So it was a hundred percent a red card. Yet Hibs chose to embarrass themselves. I wonder what team Kenny supports. Uh, there on Twitter I suppose that, that The language there is quite loaded Hibs obviously didn't think It was frivolous And they obviously didn't think It was 100% a red card Surely you've got to maintain The right to the right to appeal I know they used to have Something like that Like you yeah. know If it was a, a frivolous appeal As they called it You can't do it for the sake of it But you've got to have that That avenue for justice Do you not? Yeah of course you do Because as I said earlier you know, Referees do make mistakes And Hibs would have had that tackle Looked at from all different camera angles They've obviously seen enough there to think that you know they can they can win the appeal. Obviously, you have to pay for these appeal appeals. They're not going to go and just waste their money. They obviously thought they could win it. They they didn't on this occasion. But yeah, I think you know teams have to have the right to appeal appeal red cards. You two sure. ever appealed a decision? I think I've won both, mate. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've won. Won both, them mate. both. That's yeah. why he hates refs. Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you get in trouble as well. He's still. Um, what, what's that process like? Just out of curiosity, how much do you drive the decision? How much are you involved in the the request to appeal? Oh, I've been very vocal oh, with some of mine. I thought you might be <laughs> very vocal with some of mine. Does but, the manager um, decide? Does the chief exec? No, who decides? What's? I think there would be, you know, be a discussion between all parties. Though they'll, they'll, they'll ask yourself what you felt about the incident. They'll obviously, like Marvin says, look at all all camera angles, see how strong the appeal system is. Uh, but I remember the first one I did was obviously after the Fraser Fivey. Uh, at Ibrooks, the headbutt incident. I think it was a pretty unanimous decision that it was probably a poor sending off. Um, nah, not but the, <laughs> the actual, the actual um, process of going through to the appeal was was a, a weird experience. You know, you're sitting in front of a panel of three people, you're suited and tied up. When you know they're going to tell you the appeal's <laughs> out the window, and I was like, "You have just wasted three years of my life that I'll never get back." But yeah, I was uh, I was very lucky to win both of me. I can't remember if it's Zoom these days or not. Probably still is. Um, <laughs> Marvin, again, do you decide? Does someone tell you that decision is getting appealed? No, so I went into. I remember I got sent off against Air, and it's actually the same referee sent off Ryan against uh, oh, against Rangers. Honestly, it's um, all there. <laughs> so no, listen, I went into the gaffer straight away, and I said, you know, it's not a red card, um, and, and we appealed that one. And then I think I got sent off a couple of games later, and then I, again I appealed and and won that. The second one was against Rafe. The first one was against Air. But yeah, I went to the manager both times and said, listen, it's not a sending off. Um, neither of them are sending off, and he just took my word for it. The analyst did his thing. We sent it in, and unlike Andy, I didn't even have to go anywhere. You know, we were we replied to quite quickly and said no, it will be overturned. I was the same two in two games, yeah. two red cards in two games, two appeals <laughs> back to back. Unbelievable. What type of animals am I in the studio <laughs> with tonight? Honestly, I'm glad I put my shin pads on under these I jeans. One, that's all I'm saying. Uh, exactly. Craig is on the line. What have you got for us, Craig? Oh, how's it going, eh? Gordon Marv Andrew? Um, I, I have two points. One quite one about Portis and one about the t- the game at the weekend. Uh, on the Portis thing, look, for me, I think they've got it right. I think it was a red card. You know, you, you can't in the modern day. And I think the guys have touched on it. You just can't go in like that to show how fair and honest I'm. And I'm not looking at it through my red, white, and blue specs. I, I would be interested to see 
if anybody has had a look at the, the Lundstrom one, because I've got to be honest with you, when I've seen it at the time and even now, especially with the Portis one as well, I think he might have walked a wee fine line with his tackle as well. So um, I don't know if that one will be potentially looked at somewhere down the line. But as I say, um, Portis for me is definitely a red and I want him to be a, an international player at some point. As you guys are saying, if he can just take that down a bit, then I think it'd be be good. Um, but I don't know, guys. Yeah. Um, for what it's so, Lundstrom now won't be looked at. I, I don't think you would have heard it by now. If it was a fast track issue, you would usually hear about it on the Tuesday. Um, incidentally, I think this season that the compliance system they're they're going to try and not be as. What's the word I'm looking for? But they're going to try and own because everyone used to complain, didn't they, about mm-hmm. the re-refereeing of games, and yeah. it used to really annoy everyone when yellows would get upgraded to reds later on. So I think now, which should be for the better, they're only going to correct things that are absolutely in your face, howling the ones where you look at them and say you cringe, you know, and say that was horrendous. Why? Is and, and those are the ones that might be looked at. So I don't think we're in a, a situation where we'll hear anything more on John Lundstrom. That doesn't mean people won't. Agree with that or, or agree with that Marvin What did you make of that comparison People keep making it I only saw uh, John's tackle once And, and, and in game I, I didn't think it was It was a red card I thought he won the ball um, it's, it's a full blooded tackle again But I think he hits the ball and, and, and that for me Is the biggest difference He hits the ball with his boot um, You know I might stand corrected if I, if I look at it again But I never thought That it was a red card um, And like you said They're not going to intervene anymore And say you know We're going to upgrade this Or this should be a red card Unless the referee's made a huge error um, But yeah I, I don't really see much uh, between the two tackles I mean Craig for, for the record if, if it matters to you Craig's a Rangers fan Who's on and thinks That Portis should have been sent off But also it, it Thinks Lundstrom was Sort of on the edge And he's admitting that is, How do you View yeah. that in comparison Well you touched on still Pictures at the start of the show And I, I, I came back With uh, slower replays And I think that sort of Falls into that category Because when I seen it In live Live game I didn't even blink mm. You know it's, Like you said It's a full bloody tackle Wins the ball They drive up the pitch And then when you see a slower no version on the replay Yep he wins the ball And it looks like He's going in with force And he's going in with force But I think One's excessive force And one's force And I think Even if you, you Listen Like you said He wins the ball But I think if you go in Excessive force In, in modern day football And win the ball You're still You know Walking a, walking mm-hmm. a tightrope To a red card But yeah I just thought It was a committee challenge to, And uh, yeah I didn't see a red card in it. I mean clearly the, the kind of Threshold if you like it Is Different from what it used to be um, When you probably started playing yeah. Marvin And you mentioned however many years Probably even even within 10 years ago yeah. This is a lot different And Andy you know, mentions excessive force It's one of like the buzz phrases now There's a real awareness of what constitutes a red card In what way is that communicated to you as players? Do you speak to referees before the season starts? Or you know, what sort of yeah, there is a referees meeting, um, you know, that I've been to on, on a few occasions, but it doesn't alter the way I play my game. You know, I think if I go into a tackle with Andy, for example, he's going to go in just as hard as I do. You know, we're both going to be going for the ball. We might smash into each other, we both get up, get up and get on with it. Other players I know are going the same force I go in against Andy, but they're going to roll around after I've, I've won the ball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't think you can start to think, oh, what player is it? I just go in to win the ball. If I win the ball cleanly and it changes direction, I think the referee's going to make the right decision and the game's going to be played on. My problem is if you do if you do miss the ball, but yeah, in terms of the referees, the rules change all the time. I think it's even difficult for them to keep up with what's going on. Um, but it, I don't think it alters what players do. Uh, Craig, what else have you got for us? Yeah, just so the game at the weekend, I, I, I've got to honest, I'm scratching my head since the squad was announced about why Tony Watt isn't in there because the guy's in great form. We know that Che Adams can't actually play against Israel, as I recall, but should he suspended. So 
to me, that's even more reason why Tony Watt should be in there. Because if we're going to start with what I would assume will be Nisbet and Dykes up front, unless he throws Christie or something in there, you don't then have a striker to bring on off the bench for that game. And you can get away with that, I think, in the games against the Faroes or, or Moldova because, <clears throat> you know, they're lesser sides. That's not to say that there's you know such a thing as an easy game in international football, but they're certainly lesser. Um, and so I don't really understand what Steve Clark's process is. And I know Tony wants to know everybody's cup of tea, but right now in terms of on-form Scottish strikers that you can call up to that squad, he's really the first name that, that jumps out at you, um, that you'd have thought surely Steve Clark would put him in, especially given the circumstances that he's only going to have two strikers to play with. Yeah, I actually, I, I'm a bit confused about this. I'm going to double check. I didn't think... She Adams was suspended for this one I thought it was just, it's just Grant Hanley um, But I, I also did see that published somewhere earlier And I wonder if someone's got their wires crossed So whilst I check What about the point that Craig makes? Well Craig, first thing first I'm glad that you've uh, brought up Tony Watt Because I can reference the, the Clyde one Darby again on Saturday Because <laughs> no. I have Yeah, he's, uh, he's obviously on great goals Would have scored form. a goal of the season Had yeah. your annoyingly good goalkeeper not Yeah Produced a world class and, and then, Yeah it was, it was touched on it actually, I actually thought he had a really good game in Saturday He's obviously in great form I think he scored some big goals for Motherwell as well But looking at the Scotland squad It seems very very strong to me at the moment I'm looking at who do you leave out I know you're saying that Che Adams potentially misses one game um, But I don't think there's any doubt he's going to play in the other one uh, But Tony Watt yeah, He's been in the Scotland squad before I think if he continues to play the way he's playing Scoring goals He's certainly someone that Steve Clark will look at. Uh, we'll have to leave it there, Craig. We are very late, but thank you for taking the time. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We'll take more of your calls next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You've got Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday to choose from on the phones tonight. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. And remember. Every person who calls in the show and makes it on air Will be entered into a draw to win a pair of tickets To see Scotland against Israel It is a sellout It should be a fantastic occasion uh, So get involved, pick up the phone I like the, the tweet that comes in Because there's obviously lots about the football But Bounty Hunter just says No way is Halliday only 30 <laughs> Well I imagine This guy is astonished He Aye, cannot believe see, it If you see the govern paper around you'd understand <laughs> Honestly I, I think people think this is like a personal um, like Sort of helpline I mean B is on says Do me a favour remind Andy Halliday I'm still waiting on my signed Alan McGregor goalie top I mean uh-huh. I, I don't know What's this going to do with me Take it up with Andy I'm under and pressure tonight isn't I? <laughs> I know. But to be fair maybe you live a private life And this is the, the only way you can get in touch Have you promised anyone a signed Alan McGregor goalie top? Possibly Probably, aye, probably. <laughs> Is he ever getting it? Listen no. The hardest thing is getting it off him Never mind me giving anyone anything <laughs> So Right 01419511025 We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB Let's take a call from Brian in Hurlford Hi Brian How you doing boys? You alright? Not bad, how are you? Well, it's jumpy Jumpy What's your point? It's, it's, it's right Both of stuff I think it's a, a waste of time Money and effort For that chap to appeal his right card It's a waste of two guys' careers a, he could have injured himself, and B, he could have done serious damage to do or evil. And I just think it should see this one up and say, it's a bad tackle, I've taken the chin, I've taken the suspension. I just think he, he's delusional if he thought he'd win that case. Yeah, well, that's why I asked the guys. I, I, part of it will be his take on it, but I'm, you know, part of it might be analysts at the club that have looked at it, Jack Ross, people up the stairs. What was interesting about it, Marvin, is Jack Ross said after the game, he said, I can understand why the referee sent him off. I might not agree with the decision, but I can understand it. And he gave the referee a decision to make 
I think some people were then surprised that an appeal followed given what the manager had said. Yeah, but like like we said earlier, you know, it, it come down to the player as well. You know, the analyst mm. might have seen something different. Jack Ross might have only seen it once or twice before coming out to do his interview. Um, he might have then gone back in and seen a different angle and thought, you know what, we might be able to appeal this. Also, they, they'll show you other tackles that have been similar nature that haven't been mm. a red card. So, you know, I can't remember the tackles off the top of my head, but they may be in other ones this season that haven't wanted a red card that have been kind of like that. Mm. So there's, you know, there's various different reasons as to why they, they, they could have appealed it. But, you know, as we said, also said earlier, you, you can see why it goes either way. Mm. Look, it's a very unforgiving footballing city, this. And I know the way that people will assume that you're going to jump to the defence of John Lundstrom because you're Andy Halliday. So we'll forget you for a second if you don't mind, <laughs> no right? No problem. Um, you're talking about similar tackles or other tackles that I've spoken about. You wanted to see Lundstrom's tackle again during the yeah. break, Marvin, so that you could back up your, your opinion. What have you... Have you changed your mind? No, no, no. I, I, I can't see how people can say that that's a red card. For me, for me personally, as I said, you know, the way I used to play the game, etc. I, I don't see what he's done wrong I know you're saying there was a slight jump into the tackle but nobody just slides straight to the floor mm. and, and the tackle you could pause you know mine or Andy's tackles from 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 playing in games and I'm sure there'll be a few of them where we jump in the air you're not doing that to hurt somebody you probably think realize once you start going down that you know I need to go a bit further than than I first anticipated um so yeah for me that that's mm. not a red card he wins the ball and I mean just they go up the other end Brian not even sure how to word this because I accept that Nothing nothing is straightforward in this city Because you're just always Especially when it's Celtic and Rangers Then even if it's not a game involving them The rival fans jump on it But does the fact that there, that there is a debate about it You know whether you like it or not People keep phoning in and telling us It's it's not even a debate Clearly there is So should Hibs not just have the right to appeal And if they don't win the appeal Fine you, you've got the outcome you want You've got what you think is the right decision Why do you want to take away the right to appeal? Well to me he knew he was in the wrong himself he did put his hands off and he made the challenge so he should have entered that and said I'll accept that it is a bad tackle and, but well, the referees have got a split decision they see that at full pace there's tackles all over Britain whatever there is bad tackles no every tackle has been highlighted no every tackle picked up to the referee the quicker VAR in is in Scotland or in Britain is for the better because they can pick up challenges like that and they can look at it then mm-hmm. and then they can decide their name where they get sent off or booking or, or indifferent yeah I mean so I think VAR would make a, a big difference to Scottish football I mean to be fair you've got to credit then Nick Walsh if, if that's the case if it was a split second because I'm assuming VAR wouldn't have changed anything at the weekend it would have been the exact same yeah I suppose it's topical it's one of these debates that comes up sporadically it feels like now there's a bit more um, a bit more relevance because it, it really looks like it's it's coming here to current pros in the studio. No, I'm done. When VAR, I'm, I'm done already. But when VAR <laughs> comes, I'm definitely done. I'll be sent off every other game. No, yeah, I'm, I'm not even a fan of watching it. Never mind uh, being a part of it. So, I think the whole delayed celebration process. I still think it takes too long for decisions to be made. Uh, I think I, I still don't like the process of referees having to go to the monitor for for, for a lot of situations. Um, yeah, well, like, like we've touched on a few times, I'm 30 uh, So I might not have many years left And hopefully VAR's not in Scotland by the time that I'm, really? I'm finished It's interesting because we're speaking about it at the weekend And um, the, the sort of general feeling I had probably was that fans were against it But we stuck a poll on Twitter, I think 7,000 people replied but, And actually were in, were in favour of it I, I get, we don't really know Will the players be asked for their opinion? <laughs> no chance, no yeah. chance. The thing for me is, Gordon, that, that VAR's been uh, over 18 months now in, in English football, and we've still mm. seen many, many mm. occasions where 
it's split opinion and a lot of people feel as if the wrong mm. decision was ultimately made. So. Yeah, but is that not then is that not up to us or to other people to to rein in their expectations and realize that you're never going to please everyone, but as long as it can clean up w- even some of the absolute certainties if yeah. there is such a thing. I think I think maybe I think offside calls quite a lot. I think even now this year since they made the 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 line in VAR broader, I think that's been a positive but I think as a whole It's not for me And listen As Clyde won Listen See these Ryan Portis debates mm-hmm. I think quite a lot of people Look forward to, to coming in yeah, Going to the pub Talking about these decisions no, but that's, Talking about referees That's my point I, But that, it won't change that Because ultimately It's still a, it's still a subjective process Right So it's still just going to go to The VAR and, and the referee will still have to Subjectively decide Whether it's a minute later or not So not everyone's still going to Agree that it's the right decision So the debate won't get taken away well, it's like I said. Ultimately, that's why VAR is not a perfect. It's not a perfect mm-hmm. protocol. If it came in for, like I said, the likes of offsides, maybe I can get on board. But if I was a part of it, it's not for me. It takes too mm-hmm. long. It takes away the. It's human. Referees are going yeah. to make mistakes. It's human error. But uh, the overall pros and cons, uh, the cons outweigh it for me. Mm, okay, I'll put you on the spot here. I liked just something Brian said um, about, and I'm not sure if this is true. I don't. I can't get inside Ryan Portis's head. He said he knew that that he had made a mistake. Do you know when you've when you've done someone as a player? No, I, or do I think, you always maintain your own innocence? I think what the reason Ronaldo put his hand up because he heard the whistle go, so he knew instantly the referee had given a foul. Mm. So then you start to process, well, what's the referee seen here, or what does he think he's seen here? So you're going to get up, you're going to put your hands up and say, "All right, ref, it's a foul." You know, I don't think Ryan's a very intelligent boy. You know, he was going in at some pace. So once that whistle is blown, you, you do have the fear of thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not sending off though ref like okay you're giving a foul you might give me a booking and that's what I think his thought process would have been um, but yeah I've gone into a few tackles and thought I'm in trouble here and, and the referee's not even given a foul so so but, worst yeah. tackle you've ever put in is there any that spring to mind where you look back and think oh oh no I cringe uh, at that a couple but I, I remember I think it was Patrick Roberts at Hamden mm-hmm. and it was the first like 30 seconds of the game as well uh, I was probably very lucky not to Too quick for you Yeah far too quick <laughs> <laughs> Far too quick That's not even a debate uh, Marvin you're a battle hardened In England's <laughs> lower leagues And various divisions You must have had a few over the years uh, Do you know what At the top of my head I can't think of of any tackles I think I don't know why I've done that I can think of a few passes My, my problem was on the ball Not off it I was alright with the tackling side Yeah I was actually lucky That it was too quick Because it was that It was the old excessive force That if I did catch him It would uh, I don't think it would have been Prettier than what it already was I walked right 01419511025 And the phone's at Clyde SSB On Twitter For what it's worth Yep So the two match ban For Ryan Porteous does stand And uh, Hibbs will have to To go without him um, So yeah I, I was going to say we've, Maybe that's it We draw a line under it We've heard the end of it But do you ever hear the end of anything? No I'm not no sure Because next week when the tackles There might be a tackle Someone yeah. that's not given a red card We know what's getting brought up Did I say it? I think we've had a slightly quieter start to the season on that front, no? I mean, there are a couple. Oh, I don't, no? Do you want me to remind you of one? Me and Cal oh, McGregor, yeah, that went on for about, about three weeks. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a couple but of decisions. I, yeah, we no, had Dundee, right, United, right. Dundee United's penalty claim at Celtic Park. Um, Rangers' goal against Motherwell offside. I always like oh, to throw that one in. Um, but it's not, I just don't feel it's been quite as vociferous as it usually is. Because usually it's every Monday night we come yeah. on the show and it's like getting. Um, I, I, I'm honestly Marvin. I think you and I are done here. I'm just I'm looking at Twitter right, and I'm thinking, right, let's see what we've got here. We're we getting some good, good yeah. football content. Johnny Alcatraz beat Andy Halliday online at Warzone, and he owes me a signed shirt. What? Why do you keep calling people signed shirts? 
What's going on, man? He's giving it the big one when he's playing online, losing well, and not giving I, them I, the I, gifts. People are just jumping on the bandwagon now. I think so. You're gonna get, <laughs> I think you're going to get a few of these. Mm, right, let's bring in Nadim uh, in Livingston. Hi, Nadim. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Not bad at all. How are you? Good, I'm good, thanks. Good, Gordon. Um, I just wanted to make a, a point. Um, I mean, it's maybe, maybe not too big a point, but it was just a bit obviously earlier on you were talking about Ryan Porteous and, and the sending off and things. Um, I know you've been sent off twice against Rangers and, and, and the, the matches that I've, that I've watched in the past is against Rangers as well. He's always been really, really aggressive. And I understand he's a defender and he's like that type of player. Marvin said that already. I totally get that. But I don't know if there's a bit of a... I undertone there against Rangers, you know, if he if he maybe get he's he's a bit more aggressive because he really wants to beat Rangers. I've I've no idea, but and and also linked on to that talking about him being a, a future Scotland cat, um, Scotland defender. I mean, I've nothing against the guy in terms of his ability. You know, he is he does look like a good defender, but in terms of playing for Scotland, if you know someone who's got that kind of in him where he's, he he is quite quite rash in the challenge at times and and, and prone to maybe getting sent off. Do you want someone like that at the back? You know, for Scotland, but we're, we're not enough. Something we're blessed with. The ability to score loads of goals to recover from that anyway so yeah that, that was the point I wanted to make to the guys yeah I mean Andy I'm trying to think you would have still been a Rangers player when the, the tackle on Barisic 2019 yeah, yeah. Um, so there have been incidents and people keep sending me them and I, I think maybe my sort of response to one of them came was a bit misconstrued the other night the point I was trying to make is that sh- I'd like to think that can't be in Nick Walsh's head really you know you yeah. have to treat everyone in isolation I get why fans would Of course I get why fans would say That's the third, fourth Whatever time This player's been involved Against us So You know The point I was trying to make Is at the mo- at, When you're analysing That tackle And that tackle alone You, you kind of have to Treat it in isolation But Nadim is a Rangers fan He's clearly got the other ones yeah. Fresh in his memory And that's what we're trying to do uh, We're trying to treat it in isolation Listen Marvin knows better than me He's played with Ryan Portis For two weeks But I think that's the type of player he is I think we're pretty similar He's, he's full-blooded He's committed I've now played against him In a Hearts jersey And I think there's Maybe tackles Are pretty similar Where it's He just plays on the edge He's an aggressive defender um, I, I, I even think And I might be wrong I even think Ryan Portis Will maybe look back At the tackle at Joe Aribo uh, At the weekend And think I didn't need to go in With that type of force Even though I'm saying He is a committed defender Which he is I still think it, going into it, it was probably still a 60, 40, 70, 30 challenge in his favour. I don't think he had to go in with that that amount of force. But with bigger games come bigger adrenaline. We're talking about games against Rangers. They're massive games for Hibs. They're massive games. No, the old firm, uh, playing against the old firm is massive games for, for every team outside the country. Uh, outside the old firm, sorry. So with bigger games come more adrenaline and maybe that's that's why some of these cases against Rangers. Yeah, and you know I've trained with Ryan, and Ryan tackle, that that's just the way he is. I genuinely mean that. You know, I played against him when I've been at Livingston, and he and as I said, we went for a fifty-fifty, and he's full-blooded. You know, that's just the way he is. Um, I know Nadine's saying, "Oh, what about if he goes on to play for Scotland?" He's probably got thirteen years left of his career. Ryan, he's twenty-two years of age. I'm telling you, he's going to be a future international because, like you said, we can call him rash and we can say he goes into tackles and he's, he's full-blooded, but he's, he's not been sent off many times. And there's a lot more players in the Scottish game that have been sent off more than he has. Um, and he obviously has a knack for tackling. Yes, it, you know, I, I agree. He does go in extremely hard with his tackling, but more than not, um, more often than not, he, he wins the ball. Um, so yeah, listen, it's full blooded, but I don't think it's anything personal against the Rangers. It's an interesting point, Nadim. We'll have to leave it there. I'm afraid we're late again for the travel. I'm having a good night on that front. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Great time to get your calls in, though. You could be up next. 
0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday are here. It's 0141 951 1025 on the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. I'll keep reminding you because it's worth reminding you if you're on the fence, you're not sure whether to phone tonight. Pick up the phone Get through to the show And you get into the draw For a pair of tickets To see Scotland v Israel It's sold out So it'll be a good opportunity uh, For you to get involved Andy Haldy won't be there He's having a surprise 30th party for himself <laughs> um, So we'll, we'll wait and see if he, if he manages to catch Any of the game When we speak to him next week But anyway 0141-951-1025 Jim is in Castle Milk He's a Celtic fan What's on your mind As a Celtic fan tonight Jim? How you doing mate? Good Eh uh, I just think uh, about the panel thing if Celtic get another transfer they? and get another couple of players back do you think that Celtic will win the league comfortably? Yeah, Andy was just telling me at the break he thinks Celtic will win the league comfortably actually That's, is that right? No? Did I pick oh, you up I, wrong? I don't remember saying that Hearts will win the league comfortably oh, What was it? Now we're talking One of the two um, Well Marvin it's partly your fault I mean on the back of the Livingston defeat that's when the, the, the latest episode of the Celtic inquest kicked off on this show I think so what have you made of them having come up against them and I'm sure analysed them and studied them? Yeah, um, I think Ange has, has had a relatively good start. Obviously, it's been quite up and down. They've they brought in a lot of players, um, a lot of players that haven't played in a Scottish game before. But, you know, when you see them click, you know, they are, again, a force to be reckoned with. It's just trying to do that on a consistent basis. And that's the most difficult thing, you know, when, when players do come in and you're trying to gel a lot of players in, in together um, at the same time. Um, I think it's difficult for him. You know, I've seen a few fans slightly unhappy with him. I think it's slightly difficult to... To be saying this, you know, we all want everything now in football, but he, he does need time to, as I said, integrate these players together. And when you do see Celtic click, you can see exactly what he's trying to do. But obviously against us, although I think we only had about 20% possession, uh, we managed to, you know, go out there 1-0 winners. Yeah, Jim, I, I mean, I've, I've mentioned that everybody was talking about the, you know, the start to the season and it's the worst you know, start to a season for X amount of years. But for me, Ange Postecoglou's came in, I've seen progression. Uh, I didn't think that, that Celtic's... Troubles we're going to get fixing uh, one transfer window, so I think Ange Postecoglou needs time. He needs time to bring in his own players and and integrate them into his style. I always thought that Kyogo missing for three four games was going to be a big blow. I think even seeing him come back for uh, the game against Aberdeen at the weekend automatically makes a difference. Bit more intensity, a bit more you know high press for the front, which is what Ange looks for. Uh, in terms of will they win the league comfortably if after another transfer window? Not for me. Uh, I do think Celtic have still get areas to improve. But I still don't think that Rangers have hit top gear either and they're currently six points uh, ahead of Celtic. So, you know, in terms of e- in terms of either team winning the league comfortably, I think both teams have got a couple of levels yet. And in case you're wondering where Andy Haldy disappeared to there, the league table is on the wall behind him. So he was turning <laughs> yeah. around to... Uh, Just double checking. <laughs> to see it, Jim. So you are, you're very much... You, you sound confident, Jim. You, you sound hopeful, certainly confident that Celtic are on the right track despite a bumpy start. Aye, I, well, I think they're doing alright, you know. Aye, but I actually think as soon as we get another transfer with them, a couple of players back, I think we'll win it easy. Yeah, I mean, Marvin, what was the, what was the without giving the game plan away too much? Mm-hmm. Then what what was the the thought process going into the game? Because at Livingston, you guys hadn't started the season well, and yeah. then I, th- I think at that point, Celtic's league form by and large had been pretty good. So yeah. Um, but I assume you still felt there were areas there that, that could be exploited. Listen, whenever you play against, you know, one of the big two, you, you need a bit of luck along the way. Um, so, you know, we did all our analyst work, etc. And 
we said, let Celtic have the ball. Because at the end of the day, if we went out and we pressed them, they were going to play through us. So we had to be patient. We had to defend basically on the edge of our own box and hope to get an opportunity and score it. And as I said, along with that game plan, you do need a lot of luck because you need, you know, their players when they do get opportunities to, to miss them, etc. Um, we played Andrew Shinney up front because we felt if we could get him to come from being a centre forward into kind of the number 10 position, he wouldn't be followed. Uh, we may be able to get the ball into him and then get runners off him. Uh, Andrew Shinney scores a, you know, a world-class goal. And I mean that, a world-class goal. Great first touch and then left foot into uh, like reverse into the top corner. And these are things you need to go your way when you play against Celtic and Rangers. Um, we knew that if Celtic turned up and played at their best and we played at our best, we were going to lose the game. So when I talk about luck, you know, you lead mm-hmm. them to have kind of a, a, an off off game. And, you know, our goalkeeper did well for us. Um, you know, the defenders defended really, really well. And one thing we did say is allow the crosses into the box, you know, because we felt our two centre-halves would be able to, you know, beat Ayeti in the air. Mm-hmm. And, and they dealt with him really well uh, on that day. I mean, Jim, you mentioned, you know, one more transfer window. Naturally, every transfer window is a risk because you just cannot guarantee that every new signing works out, as we've already seen uh, with Celtic in the summer. Which ones have... I mean I think Kyogo's that's pretty he's obvious I'm not giving you that one it's it's too obvious but th- think of some of the others what's impressed you well I think for, I think they're starting to get at uh, the back as well I've seen against Aberdeen but I think they're finally going forward as well so I don't really think there's really much problem there another couple of good players in there and maybe they'll touch us oh, I'm very confident I don't mind that at all um I mean, Andy, like we said, we've said this many times in the show, recruitment's just always a risk. You bring in 10 players, even if you're a model of rec- you know, consistency when it comes to recruitment, I don't even know what would be a good success rate out of that. Seven, maybe? Mm-hmm. If, if you look across the board in yeah, football, just that. every signing just doesn't, doesn't work out. I'm thinking about Jota, for instance, got yeah. the winner. We heard a bit from him on, on the show last night. You've got a badder on the other side. Given that they are new recruits... New country, new style of football, young and wingers who are notoriously inconsistent. You'd be pretty pleased at their contribution, wouldn't you? Yeah, positive contribution so far. Uh, my honest opinion, when I seen Jota for the first time, I didn't think he was a major upgrade on, on the likes of James Forrest, Abada, who we'd, we'd seen for two or three games, uh, Kyogo, obviously, who played wide left for a couple of games. But since then, he's he's came on strength and strength, obviously, with minutes under his belt. I think he's been probably Celtic's, arguably, their best player over the last three, four games. Abada's contribution... Even when he's not at his best, he seems to be coming up with goals, which is is obviously hugely important. Something that we've talked about before that that James Forrest has contributed to the Celtic team for a number of years. But I still think Celtic, uh, which you know Jim Jim might think that one transfer window might improve that, but I think it's really important for Celtic's key players to stay healthy right now because I think they don't have many like for likes where if, if somebody's injured they can come in with somebody that's of equal importance to the team to do do really well. But maybe one transfer window. We'll change that, we'll soon see. I think it was the first time at the weekend, Marvin, we've seen a bit of a shift, a bit of a compromise from the manager when your Beaton comes in and Tom Rogic comes out. So they're you know two slightly more defensive-minded midfielders. What, what did you make of that? Yeah, I mean, it's horses for courses, isn't it? It's, it's difficult to go out to, to play against Aberdeen um, and just go on the attack and the, or the offensive from, from the first minute. I think that shows good management. You know, he, he he's not arrogant enough to say that we're just going to go and attack um, every, every single team. Um, he knew that they had a, a big game during the week prior to that and knew there was tired legs within the squad um, so he needs to freshen it up a bit and, and I will say as, as players Andy will tell you as well it's a lot easier going forward than getting back when you're tired so having someone like Beaton in there to, to sit behind the ball and, and, and to keep things kind of strong back there I think it's good management from him and, and it obviously showed because they went and won the game and you know Rogic ended up coming on uh, later on anyway to try and open it up and, and he did and I he thought did, he yeah. made, a, made a great impact into the game uh, Jim you know the way these things work if you phone in here and say no one will touch you and you'll win the league 
We're going to need to check in on you later in the season Whether it goes your way or not Is that fair? That's fair or not I heard, and, I heard Andy's getting taps of his side taps He's getting a little bad man Brilliant, that was Jim and Castle Milk Bringing Andy straight back down to earth Good stuff Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Okay, it is Beat the Pundit time What I love about this Marvin's got no idea What Beat the Pundit is But he will find out In a couple of minutes If you want to take on Andy Halliday Who, let's be honest He's he's one of the top men On Beat the Pundit Or perhaps Marvin Maybe we'll put him in the hot seat 01419511025 The lines close at 7 So be quick Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday are here It's 0141-951-1025 And remember, if you get through to make a point to the guys I said it last night, it doesn't even need to be a good point But I'd prefer it if it was But if you get through to make a point to the guys You go into the hat for the tickets To see Scotland-Israel uh, this weekend So pick up that phone, get in touch Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Okay, it's beat the pundit time You think if I was doing my job properly I would have spent the last five minutes during the news Telling Marvin what beat the pundit is And preparing him And uh, I didn't, we got sidetracked So let's see how this goes with Tonight's contestants Jordan in Easterhouse How's it going Jordan? Alrighty, no bad uh, What do you think? We, we literally have no idea what Marvin would be capable of On beat the pundit We know that Andy's got pretty good form Who would you rather take on? Uh, to be fair, I would probably Andy, but I'm not too bothered. Oh, he wants to take. No, I love that. Play Andy. He wants to take down that. the master, right? Heads, it will be Marvin. No tails, it will be Andy Halliday, and it's tails. Andy Halliday up against uh, Jordan in Easterhouse. So you can just watch and learn. This guy's got an impeccable beat the Don't pundit put record. Me under unnecessary <laughs> pressure. And then the next time you come in, you can. Play. I'm ready. I'll okay. be ready. Uh, so let's give Andy some clay two in his ear. Yes, can you hear me? No, he can hear the music. Uh, 01419511025 for after this by the way keep your calls coming in Jordan very straightforward you're going to answer as many questions right as you can if you don't know pass and we'll move on to the next one okay right let's go 30 seconds starts now who is the most recent defender to score for Rangers Golton uh, Henri Kamara was on loan at Celtic in 2005 from which English team Fulham name any American who's played in the Scottish top flight this season Carl Vickers uh, Max Biamu has signed for which Scottish top flight team today? Dundee United Which instrument features on Hibs Club Crest? Pass Who was the last Scotland men's team player to score against Israel? Lyndon Dyke Okay, let's bring Andy Halliday back Andy, can you hear us? Yes You're nodding away there Are you enjoying that? I it. think I could hear it actually What was it again? Uh I don't know what it's I'm called either sing it We're going to embarrass ourselves Young men like us We should know it It's a classic But I can't remember the name of it Anyway uh, 30 seconds You know the drill Are you ready? Yeah Who was the most recent defender To score for Rangers? Conor Golson Henri Kamara Was on loan at Celtic in 2005 From which English team? Wigan Name any American Who's played in the Scottish top flight This season Pass Max Biamu Signed for which Scottish top flight team today? Pass. Which instrument features on Hibs Club Crest? Oh, uh, cello. Who was the last Scotland men's team player to score against Israel? Ryan Fraser. Who's played more SPFL games, Van Dyke or Andy Robertson? Andy Robertson. Okay, okay, okay. Jordan, how do you think that went? 
don't know, no bad. Now bearing What's in mind, instrument? I don't think Andy's ever lost at Beat the Pundit, uh, ever, 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 Jordan. He did go to a, <laughs> a, a dodgy tiebreaker once and lost, but in theory he's, he's never lost. Who was the most recent defender to score for Rangers this season? James Tavernier? St Johnson? Oh yeah You both said Stop it with so much on, certainty eh? You made me worry that, that we had it wrong um, Henri Kamara was at loan in Celtic 2005 from It's no Wigan though I thought it was Wigan Wolves Oh I thought it was Wigan Name any American who's played in the Scottish top flight this season You had the choice of Ian Harks, Christian Ramirez or Cameron Carter-Vickers Which Jordan got and goes 1-0 in front I don't think we've ever had a scenario where you've had none after three questions I've not got none anyway so don't worry about it after I know, do questions. you know what as well I know that Oh after three questions I know that instrument <laughs> To see It's like this one innit Yeah yeah for, That doesn't work I on radio I don't know what you call it <laughs> Max Biamu Signed for Dundee United Jordan got it Oh go on Jordan I've never seen that He never loses this guy He is the <laughs> MVP run. of Beat the Pundit This could all be coming to an end Which instrument features on Hibs Club Crest Marvin former Hibs player this, I don't know This one It's like the strings up yeah, and down I don't know exactly I don't what know what it's called The harp Heartbang. Not a cello uh, Jordan didn't get it either Who was the last Scotland men's team player to score Against Israel It is Ryan Fraser Andy pulls one back Jordan didn't get it And Andy got one more question in And it was a 50-50 Who's played was more, Who played more SPFL games Van Dyke or Andy Robertson You went Andy Robertson It's virtual <laughs> Van Dyke wow. Jordan The unthinkable This guy wins every single time he plays Beat the Pundit not tonight. You met a man in form. Well done, Jordan. Yeah. Good on you, Jordan. Well done, mate. Well done, Paul. We'll get, we'll get Andy to sign the ball for you, yeah? That's aye, a, aye. It's another thing I'm getting away yeah, from. send it. <laughs> By the way, you've obviously had a rough week. That's a poor run, aye. I have n- you are. Do you know what, though? I, I will say, I think that's, that's they were tough, tough questions. They were, they were tough. I was convinced Donny Kamara was wigging. But you've had, you've obviously had a busy week, seriously. Yeah, I thought you would have got. It's poor, Car- it's poor. I thought you'd have got Carter Vickers or Ramirez or Harks, American. <sighs> Aye, maybe I. I should have. But do you know? Do you know what I'm annoyed about? The harp. I've told no, because I, I didn't know the name. Of it. I've told you my process every time with fifty fifties. It's always the one you don't expect. I I, I would expect Van Dyke. So I thought, oh, Sandy Robertson. They do this all the time. There's only uh, <laughs> so that you can sleep better tonight. There's only six in it. So it doesn't Van Dyke plays seventy six. I know. Listen, Jordan. Jordan Dunwell got a couple of tough tough questions right. So good on him. The magic dust is worn off. Halliday is beatable. It's a bit of relief to be honest. Oh, don't give us that. Oh, don't give us that. Listen, I'm sick of you every week. He's never been beat. (laughs) Do you know what you're like? You're like the callers who phone in here after their team's been beaten and going, do you know what? That might have just been the wake up call that we needed. As if a defeat is ever good. A defeat's never good. I'll be back better next week. Don't you worry about that. Marvin, would you have struggled there? Yeah. They're tough tonight, though. Yeah. One thing I would say, they're not usually as tough as that. So I think you'll be fine. Lucky you. I can't believe it. Um. What we got here on Twitter? Um, oh, here they go. No, nah, you're not being slagged yet, but that'll come. That'll come. <laughs> that'll come in due course. Uh, right, I'm about to bring it back down to something far more serious uh, than beat the pundit because um, Marvin, we asked you to come on the show. Uh, it was a while ago, yeah. and then of course last night you took to Twitter to share. I don't really have the right words to describe it. Some of the the sickening uh, racist abuse, the latest bout, yeah. really, which, which yeah. would be the most. Um, Sad thing about it um, So First of all Thanks for, for still wanting to come in And, and oh, being open problem. enough and, and so on And Just give us a little A little Sense of Of what your 
mindset is like at the moment and, and after that last night because I'm always quite keen that this has come yeah. up a lot recently and it's not lost on me that as a white man and, and yeah. generally we stand here with other white men that maybe we don't quite get the full extent of it so just sum up how you're feeling and, and explain what happened last night yeah um if i'm honest I'm, I'm fine um and the reason for that is because like you said i've been through this before um you know i'm emotionally detached from from messages uh, racial messages that i do receive via social media because i have to be um you know if i allow it to affect me as it has before then you have a lot of sleepless nights you have a lot of self-doubt um you know you have a lot of upset nights etc and I can't afford to go back into the, kind of that state again. So, so now I have to be almost thick-skinned to it and uh, I have to emotionally detach myself away from it um, because, as I said, I don't want to be that way. And also, you know, if something does happen, i.e. the Glen Kamara incident happened recently and, and I commented on it, I, I knew what was coming. I knew I was going to be racially mm-hmm. abused because it happens every single time. Um, you know, as, as difficult as, as it is for people to see the messages that I received yesterday, I, it was important that I put it out there um, to let people know just what, is still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem to be going away. Um, but also to show the people that, you know, I won't be stopped in kind of the crusade that, that I am on for, for equality. Um, it doesn't matter what you send me. It doesn't matter what you say to me. Uh, I won't stop doing what I'm trying to do. And that's not just, you know, racial discrimination. We've got a problem up here with sectarianism um, that, that, that I want to tackle head on. And if I'm totally honest, when I moved from England, I didn't know what it was. Um, I had to educate myself on it. And, and it's something that I want to help Scotland try and get rid of. Um, I've spoken so many times about stuff that I've done on the football pitch. You know, I've won the Scottish Cup. I got promoted from the Championship. I played in European qualifiers. You know, when I go back down to England, I, I, I want to almost be known for a legacy of, of trying to help society. Um, because for me, that's 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 the bigger picture. And listen, I want to go into be a top class manager. You know, I'm assistant manager at this moment in time in the, in the Premier League, which is a fantastic opportunity for me. I give my heart and soul to that. But you know, I, I've got a a duty of care, I think, for society because far too many young players now are messaging me saying they're going through difficult things and as I said, it's not just the racial uh, things that I'm getting. Where do you get that desire from to keep going then and fighting that fight? Because as you've said, mm-hmm. in this twisted world that we live in, yep. you're probably getting it more now because you're speaking out about other incidents. Now, I think some people would be able to forgive you if you just said, well, do you know what? I, I don't need this. Yeah. Um, I need to look after number one and... Um, you know, and kind of withdrew yourself from the debates. Yeah, but uh, in saying that, if I just look after number one, then then I'm not going to help, you know, the future generations and, and other people struggling with it. I'm very, very fortunate that my mindset that I have and I've had for a long, long time allows me to be the way I am now when it comes to these situations. Um, I've got a very strong support network around me who helped me when it first happened to me. And as I said, I was struggling with it. But other players might not have that. Other people in society might not have that. You know, people might already be struggling mentally they receive a message like this a discriminative message and, and, it, and it sends them to a place that you know we don't really want anyone to go almost on a downward spiral or you know something even worse than that can happen I don't, I don't really want to mention that on radio so you know I, I have to kind of be at the forefront of it because as I said because I believe I have this mentality and I've had players as I said message me from from south of the border as well boys that earn a lot more money than me played at a lot higher level than me and, and they really struggled with it and you know, I, I couldn't sleep at night knowing that I'm just going to say, well, I'll look after number one. I'm doing okay for myself. You know, my life's not too bad. I'll just stay quiet on it and I won't mm. do it. Uh, and good on you for that. Let's bring in Jordan and Fife, who I think's got a point on that. Hi, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Hi there. <clears throat> evening, guys. Evening. Uh, evening, Andy. Evening, Marvin. Evening, Jordan. Evening, evening, I'm sorry to hear what you just said there, Marvin. It's, it's, it's honestly sickening to hear that you have to go through that on a, on a daily basis. Just 
it's, it's no matter the colour of your skin or your job or anything, you should not be subject to that. And I'm sorry, sorry that you have to put up with that. But I, I wanted to thank you for your uh, your hard work as a quality advisor and highlighting the major problem of racism and sectarianism that we have up here in Scotland. And you always support any player through any horrific abuse that they go through, no matter what team they play for or maybe previous incidents that you've you've had with them. And it's just disgusting to see that abuse that you go through and many other players go through on a daily basis. Um, I was just wondering what you think... Um, your, what your thoughts are on, on Tam Courts and how he supported uh, Jandal Fuchs and maybe the thoughts on how we seem to be seeing a lot more of these racist incidents um, in the lower leagues of Scottish football, which to me is very, very worrying. I mean, we've had incidents in games with Airdrie, Morton, um, Ayr, Albion Rovers and Kelty Hearts. I know uh, Nathan Austin, I'm sure he reported his incident to the SFA and I'm not sure if anything's ever been done about that, or if, we've, if something's been done, we've never really heard much about it, which I think is a bit of a shame, because even though he plays in the lower leagues, it's, it's important that, that he's heard as well, you know, he's as important as Glenn Camara. And I think that through years of sectarian abuse and uh, singing from the stands is, is, is what's led us into this horrible precedent of all this racism in, in every league of of our, of our every division of yeah. our week. Yeah, no, firstly, Jordan, thank you for your kind words. Um, no, listen, I, I, I totally agree with you um, in terms of, you know, it's kind of enough is enough in terms of, of Tam and what he did after the game. I think any manager uh, wants hearing that their players have gone through um, what, what his player did would, would do the same thing. I think for far too long, people have said, oh, like, let's talk about it after, let's have an investigation. Sometimes your emotions take over. And in there, you saw a man who was holding up a show races in the red card who had just had enough. You know, I could only um, imagine, you know, what the player was going through at half time and, and fair play for, for it to him, sorry, for coming out for the second half. Um, because I don't know what sort of state I would have been in. And I've spoken about this many a time. If, if I hear somebody racially abuse me from the sides, I don't know what my reaction would be. I would love to think that I will say to my teammates, you know, this has just happened and, and just walk down the tunnel. But, but I genuinely don't know. Um, how I'd react to it and, and and you're right also when you say about the lower leagues you know these, these boys need to be heard as well and I think that's why it's important that that I go on the journey that I do go on and try and, and, and help and, and protect and, and make you know as I said our football um, leagues better in terms of kind of the race and discriminative stuff but also society because like you said a lot of people don't have a voice um, in terms of the investigations I agree with you for f far too many times you hear investigation opens but we never hear what the outcome is I think there needs to be a protocol put into place where there's almost a checklist where the kind of the Scottish FA go to, go to clubs and say, well, what are you doing with this investigation? These are the things you need to follow. You have this amount of time to do it and we'll help you as much as we possibly can. Um, because I think without these things in place, it's very, very difficult to eradicate the, you know, the problems that we are seeing now um, come from the terraces. Uh, on, on one hand, Marvin, I feel like Generally speaking And maybe this is just naive of me I, mm. I thought that in 2021 We, we clearly were making strides Of yeah. of some description I mean compared to, to To what You know Society would have been mm. like Way back But I mean Jordan's right we're, we're, It seems every weekend at the moment um, Or every other weekend In the lower leagues Are we heading in the right direction? How much work still to be done? No there's an awful lot of work to be done But what you have to remember We've just came out of a Quite a long lockdown um, where social media was rife for discriminative messages being sent at, at footballers and, and people within society. What then happens there is that social media companies didn't clamp down on the people doing these things 
Um, you know, it was a law to, to its own. No one was ever held accountable for doing these things. So what's going to happen next? People are going to think they can say it in the terraces. They're going to think they can say it to your face and, and the same outcomes are going to be there. You know, it, it's what happens. If social media companies would have shut these things down straight away, when people are being racially abused, etc., then I don't think we'd be dealing with the problems that we are now. So you actually think it's 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 the other way because some people maybe I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's right would would almost brush it off and say, oh, it's just social media, it's just yeah. some troll sitting in his mum's basement yeah. or whatever. But you actually think that is is perhaps now manifesting itself back on yeah. in, in an in person situation? Yeah, I definitely do, and, and I agree. Some people do say oh, it's just social media, but the impact that that has on people. In terms of reading what somebody's writing about you, and it's about your skin color. It's not for the victim. It's not just social media. Exactly. And I get exactly what you mean. The people are typing it. They'll type it. They'll close their accounts. Maybe five minutes later, and they'll, they'll make a new one. But the on-lasting effect it has for the victims is very, very difficult. Not only on you and your family. You know, when when I was first racially abused, I was up here by myself. My mum was down the road, and you know, having your mum call you and crying and saying that she just wants you to come home, and I'm a thirty odd year old man. You know, to hear that was was, was heartbreaking. You know, it, it hurt me a lot more than, than, than reading what someone had, had written about me. So have you not always been able to cope with it the way you do now? No, 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 no way. Well, the first time it happened, I, I struggled. I struggled massively. Um, and then someone had posted a video of themselves racially abusing me and I struggled again with it. Uh, I think from that day forward, I, I said, you know, you can't keep letting this happen. You know, and back then I'm talking that this was maybe three, four years ago. Back then it wasn't happening as often as it is now. But I said, you can't afford to go into these states every time this happens because mm-hmm. it start affecting your life and, and your fo- football career. Um, so, you know, I then had the mentality that I do now and said, right, going forward, you have to emotionally detach yourself from this. It's a social media. You don't know these people. It's not real life. And by doing that, it now allows me to help other people who are going through difficult times. And I said, it's not just about racism. It's all forms of discrimination. Mm-hmm. And I've even spoken to people, you know, in the women's game who are struggling with things and and I attack everything with the same energy. You know, I don't just attack racism because I'm a black man and I've been racially abused. You know, I, I'm not religious at all. But if someone attacks somebody else's religion, um, you know, then I then I go about trying to protect that in exactly the same way as I do with racism, you know, and, and anything else. Uh, Jordan, do you want to come back in? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask him, I think, do, do you not think it's a, setting a bit of a dangerous precedent where a, a lot of the people presiding over these cases, for instance, the Dundee United one, so the majority of these people are white men and they're telling you that these are not racist incidents. Do you not think that we're setting very, it's, it's very dangerous precedents getting set up here? I, I think something really needs to be to be done about it. You, you, we don't see many, many, many black men, black mm-hmm. women or people of colour within the, these top roles in the SFA. And mm-hmm. well done on yourself for getting your role, Marvin. I think you truly deserve it. Thank but you. I think we need to, we really need to have more people of colour and women of colour uh, to stop this and, 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 and show that we have black, white, Asian minorities and all, all within our, uh, every, uh, every team and every, every society. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it could be a lot more diverse, um, you know, the people making these decisions, but that can't happen overnight. You know, if you seem and, and I guess is that... that- your role—that's what it's going to be. That's the first step, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's not to say that. Oh, great! Well done, yeah, Marvin Bartley's got this role, but yeah, clearly a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, it definitely is a step in the right direction, as I said. And you know, it's not something that we're going to be able to do overnight. Um, I think in terms of population, it, it, we're quite a small league in terms of the number of teams we've have. So I think I think this is something that we we can be at the forefront of. Um, we can lead by example, and then we can show other nations just how quickly it can be done. But Jordan, no, I agree with you. There, there probably needs to be more diversity. But as I said, you know, we are working on that. 
Um, and before we go Obviously the topical one From last night Actually UEFA mm-hmm. confirmed They will look into um, The re- most recent events With Glenn Kamara And if you'll allow me For one moment Marvin To make mm-hmm. light Of what's obviously A serious situation yep. When I saw the headline That the Czech foreign minister <laughs> Wants an apology From Marvin Bartley I thought that like That's us we've, we've, This has gone too far yep. what Marvin Bartley's at the centre Of a diplomatic incident Between the UK and the the Czech Foreign Ministry So like I say that's <laughs> I don't want to make light Of what's obviously A seriously situation um, But that that's just been Incredible The response over there Versus the way We seem to be seeing things Yeah but you have to remember That you know This this is via Twitter I think if um, If he wanted to sort This problem out He would have been In contact with me directly um, He changed the narrative Of, of my tweet um, What I said Was very very simple You know If you have Adults around children Saying certain things uh, even encouraging children to say certain things, they're going to do it. You know, children are a product of their environment. You know, we could have a child in here with us, with, with three adults, and we could be saying swear words. What's going to happen? The kid's going to go outside and he's going to say the same swear words. Um, you know, the, the foreign minister of the Czech Republic knew this. He knew what I was saying, but what he wanted to do is wanted to take it as, you know, or change the narrative to me being against the whole country, which is absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, you know, he's a politician looking for likes on Twitter, um, and, and he didn't get as many as he probably wanted. Obviously, then I'm racially abused by... You know, people that, who are within the Czech Republic and, you know, hopefully I'll get an apology of him, but yeah. I don't, don't think it's forthcoming. And is that is that the serious side to this? Because whether it's the reaction to the original mm. Glenn Kamara incident back last year or whether it's the reaction to this, it's, it's about what behaviour that then enables yeah. going forward. Because let's be honest, the, the booing from the children last week is because... Mm-hmm. Glenn Kamara was allowed to be painted as a villain last time Of course And now the racist abuse that you received the other night mm-hmm. Is because you have It's been allowed for you to be painted as a villain on the back of that Yeah, exactly that But UEFA should have never allowed uh, fans into the ground I know they were children I know they were children accompanied by adults But when you racially abuse somebody And you have a suspension on your stadium for that Then that should be a suspension It shouldn't be, oh, well, let's let a certain amount of people in Because what you're almost doing is These children have gotten to a game That they're not normally probably get tickets for mm-hmm. a, a big European night and what's the reason we're allowed to go mum and dad oh because that guy's racially abused so they're letting you in so in some children's mindsets it's, it's almost thinking well somebody's racially abused it means the stadium's going to open up for us to be able to go in you know and, and it's, it's these sorts of things that people don't think mm-hmm. about and this is what I think the lack of diversity at the top of even places like UEFA that allow these sorts of decisions because if I was on that board or if I was asked about this question I'd say well you can't do that are you celebrating the fact that somebody's been racially abused, the stadium's been closed? Oh, let's get 10,000 kids in. No, serve your suspension in terms of the game, uh, the mm-hmm. stadium being closed. And then the following game, if you want to do that when fans are allowed back in, then let the children back in there. Uh, thank you very much to Jordan. Uh, Marvin, you don't need to hear it from me, I'm absolutely sure, but I've heard you speak on it before. I've read stuff, we've had you on the phone. It's the first time I've, I've heard you in person and um, I am in awe of your, your bravery and your commitment to this. So... Um, seriously thank you On behalf of Scottish football uh, And right after these I'll get back to giving you a hard time If that's <laughs> alright Yeah back to normal Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday Are here 0141 951 1025 On the phones uh, Remember if you get through to make a point to the guys You could be going to Scotland v Israel on Saturday Because everyone who gets through Goes into the draw For a pair of tickets Right Marvin You were able To stand by And watch Andy Halliday <laughs> Disgrace himself On Beat the Pundit You're involved now You're no, involved now on. Yes you two have to team up And this is all oh, okay. There's not as much pressure You have from now Until the end of the show To come up with the answers To this question all right. Okay It's called the full time teaser We ask the listeners To send the questions in 
And see what you two have got So KJ has sent this one in And he wants to know Can you name the 10 players At the top 10 Sorry So the top 10 players Who are the all time Top scorer for their country And they have played In the English Premier League Pretty straightforward Can you name the, the top 10 players Who are the all time top scorer For their country Whatever country that may be But they've also played In the English Premier League Wayne Rooney um, Ronaldo So do you know Wayne Rooney Is not on this list How many does he have for England So that, that'll be why He's not in the top 10 If that makes sense Oh Yeah Right Okay. Uh, wait so So you need to be in the top 10 all-time Premier League top no, no. scorers, but uh, once I look up Wayne Rooney's goal tally for right. So, for instance, Wayne Rooney has got fifty-three, right? Yeah. But the tenth guy on this list has got fifty-six. I get you. Right. Okay. I get you. Yeah. 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 I get you. Okay. So Wayne Rooney is like a hit the post answer. Right. You're pretty close, but no, it's, it's not quite right. I think you said the obvious Ronaldo, one. Ronaldo. Yeah. yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo, just the hundred and eighty odd or whatever he's got. Yeah. Okay. Any more? Thierry Henry He is not I'm having a bad day Anna. You are You're usually <laughs> What? He's usually the statue I know I'm Honestly I'm all over the place Henry's got 51 I don't even know if he's fra- Is he the French all time top scorer? Doesn't really he's matter the post. He's not on the list Makes me feel a little bit better He is actually So you're, again you're close So Ronaldo uh, right, I'll give you one sort of clue just to nudge you in the right direction. You, I can't. You, I've never given you a clue at half past no, seven. I don't want before. a clue. I never asked for one. But I'm, I'm telling you, you Salah. need one. I don't. Salah, no, that's not bad. Maybe current English Premier League strikers is not a bad way to go. Harry Kane. No. He's not scored more. No. Can he be above yeah. Rooney? <laughs> Jeez, this guy's lost it. I used to. Have Lukaku Yes there we go Romelu Lukaku Belgium's top scorer 67 goals There we are Ronaldo Lukaku uh, Hopefully we'll get better Yeah uh, From here It's been a bad start for me Uh, Yeah we'll see how we get on We're going to speak to Simon On the line very soon 01419511025 A couple of days out Andy I think it's safe to start the build up Because it's a huge game Scotland Israel is sold out As we've been telling you um, don't come much bigger than this No, after Austria Steve Clark stated that it just means that the next one's a cup final and we're three days away from that cup final and you've got to say as, as double headers go I don't think they get much bigger than this uh, we all know as a nation that if we win the next three we're guaranteed playoff football and you've got to say you think that the next one's the most important out of three because one win in six the last six against Israel so mm-hmm. it's not been easy to get three points against them but no, off the back of that massive massive win and performance against Austria I'm sure that Scotland are going in with their tails up and what's a a hugely important game for the nation on Saturday. You're now a fully fledged member of the Scottish football family, Marvin. Does it? Do you get caught up in the the madness? What do you expect this weekend? Yeah, no, I do get caught up in it. Um, I'm expecting a tight game uh, as they've they've been uh, recently. I just think Scotland struggle because because Israel play a three five two as well or a variation mm-hmm. of that, and Scotland play the same. I think that's why they struggle so much. I think it's just Andy. You know, when you play against another team with the same formation, there's not a lot of room to move. Yeah. And I, I think that's where they struggle. Is Steve Clark going to change his ways? No chance. Um, but, you know, I just hope they can get the win in this one. But Israel are a lot better than their form shows as well against other teams. Yeah. They seem to really. Got some good up. players, don't they? You yeah. Zahavi and Solomon. The only thing, and I'm clutching at this already because, you know, I'm an optimist when it comes to Scotland. You're right. So many times we play them, we can never seem to dominate. It's always 3 5 2. The only thing that should be different this time is Billy Gilmore. So he's the only, he's the only thing, really. Mm. He's the only ace we've got up our sleeve that hasn't. 
been used before Or certainly he's one of them Can that make a difference? Different type in there? Yeah, I think that makes a difference And it also allows John McGinn to play higher up um, Which I think he's at his best for Scotland I think he's the top goal scorer under Clark, mm-hmm. isn't he? Um, so yeah, getting him as close to the striker or strikers uh, Is always going to be a, be a positive But as you say, Billy Gilmore you know, What a talent you know, What a player came on the scene um, at Rangers I remember watching him He actually got sent off Rangers v Hibs I remember after training they're saying I watched this boy I think it might have been an under 16 game or something mm-hmm. and they're like just watch him he's unbelievable and he got sent off after about 20 minutes and I was like <laughs> okay that's enough of that one but no no, he's been absolutely fantastic for Scotland and you know I expect him to go into this game and, and kind of take it by the scruff of the neck as I well I think the story goes that Chelsea were there that day they they were because Jody Morris Jody, Jody Morris, Morris yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think he was I don't know where I heard this you know he gave him a wink or something anyway as if oh, to say, don't worry don't worry about that <laughs> uh, Andy a bit different yeah, for me definitely. I mean, we spoke about it earlier that for me, Scotland have a better group of players than Israel. But Israel have some very, very technical football players. We've noticed that in the games we've played against them, you know, they're a possession-heavy team for a, a so-called smaller nation. Uh, nation. And one one thing that Billy Gilmore brings a Scotland team is, is composure in the middle of the pitch, ability to take it under pressure anywhere, play forward, and I think that can can give Scotland mm. a bit more control. And listen, another advantage for me is. Steve Clark's first full house at Hamden on Saturday yep. and, and like you said it's been very very difficult to, to get tickets Clyde Winner very very fortunate to give two away to some lucky callers but that can only be a massive plus yeah. for the team as well uh, Simon's on the line I think that's something you had on your mind as well Simon it's we don't sell out Hamden that often and, and big qualifiers this should be quite an occasion yeah it should be uh, hi guys hope you're all well before I go on to my point about Scotland I hope you don't mind uh, taking a wee moment to say to Marvin uh, loved hearing from him uh, even though how hard it was to listen to at times I think he's an absolute credit to himself his football club and to Scottish football uh, we need more people like you Kilmarnock I'm a Kilmarnock supporter you know we had the, the first black manager in the Scottish Premiership or Scottish top flight in history and I think Marvin's going to make a fantastic manager one day and obviously I can't understand as a white guy what it's like to be racially abused but the only the closest thing I can say is I'm a Scottish football fan who's uh, part of the LGBTQ community and on Saturday, watching my team in my own home stadium, I had to pull up somebody for the second time this season for making homophobic comments. And it wasn't just, you know, lesser. It was comments I would class as disgusting. I'm not somebody who, you know, gets offended very easily. But it was comments I found absolutely disgusting. And it was a child. He was maybe 12 or 13 years old. And wow. that is just as scary and intimidating because I never had the the guts really so to speak yeah. to come out to my mates until I was in my 30s um, and you know I went to the football with them I've been to football up and down the country and that's all you hear you hear all that all the time uh, so the, for people like Marvin the work he's doing is absolutely fantastic and I just want to say thank you and yourself as well Gordon during the whole racism anytime the racism has been brought up I think you've handled yourself with class and dignity mate so you should be proud of yourself as well so thank you well, I think the thanks goes to you Simon yeah. for being brave enough to share your story on air um, because that, that can't be easy and, and yeah I mean regardless Marvin really of whatever the type of discrimination is it, it's it, it can't football unfortunately can be an unforgiving environment and especially especially the type of stuff that Simon uh, mentioned so there's a lot of work to be done there I'd imagine no exactly and, and you hear the age not that it makes any difference you hear the age of, of, of the person saying these things is, is the most disturbing thing and like I said you know earlier when we were talking about you know the stuff in the Czech Republic and, and I said you know children are kind of a product of their environment like, I mean what's he hearing you know whether it's at home or other school children are saying to him because they're hearing it at home and this is why it's so important as adults that you know, we say the right things in front of children because otherwise n- nothing's going to change. It's going to be a vicious cycle. 
and and I'm actually so sorry that you've had to, to had to hear that, but I'm also glad that you know you you did say something and say that it wasn't acceptable and hopefully told a steward. But if you have social media, if you could inbox me your number and we'll have a chat, obviously off air, um, because it'd probably be a lot easier to do that. But no, listen, thank you also for your kind words and. You know, we, we will get there in the end. I know it doesn't feel like that at times, but we will get there in the end where we want to get. Yeah, Simon, thanks again. Uh, what about this weekend then? I know you're a passionate Scotland fan. Um, we've even managed to suck Marvin in. He sounded, <laughs> sounded like a Scotland fan there as far as I was concerned. Andy's up for it at the weekend. How are you, how are you seeing the game panning out? No, Marvin didn't sound like a Scotland fan. He's far too, optimi- he's far too optimistic. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be nerve-wracking, isn't it? Uh, first sold out Hamden. You're lucky enough to have tickets. Uh, I think that Stephen O'Donnell has to play. I've seen quite a lot of discussion on social media and things like that. And uh, people calling for Nathan Patterson. And as good a player as he is, I think Stephen O'Donnell has, has kept the shot after the Austria performance. I think the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of people who maybe aren't regulars at Hamden. 30-odd thousand maybe was the top level we had for quite a while. This is probably the most excited the nation's been for a game since maybe those games against France and Italy back in the day you know it's almost impossible to book a pub anywhere near Hamden even in Glasgow in the build up to the game for, for Saturday um, so my biggest thing is if you're Cohen and you're not usually at Hamden we need every single person to be behind Scotland from the start there's no point in I know it can be frustrating sometimes Andy was right you know as we were quite a stuffy team we're quite similar to them in terms of the way we play it's going to be a tight game. This isn't going to be a, a three or four nil walkover. We need the you know the whole crowd to be behind the team right from the start. Don't as easy as it would be to to sigh and moan if it's not going right or there's a few passes go astray. Just need everybody to get right behind the team from the off. And if we do that, I think we've got a fantastic chance, as you say, especially with Billy Gilmore uh, playing the way he is. And I think uh, I think we could we mm-hmm. we do have enough just to edge it. See on that, we could, is. I'm not saying uncharted territory, but Simon's right. You know that this kind of big crowd, the expectation. Let's not forget, we, we were robbed of this. This is almost our Israel the last time. You know the one that went to penalties yep. in, in the playoff semi final. We couldn't get a crowd, yep. and then Serbia. This is us getting the chance to to, to get there and and back the country um, that, that you know that was taken away previously. So. Um, hopefully that goes in your favour because naturally yeah. that does bring its own pressure as Simon said it should do and Simon's right there is a buzz again about the nation and that's all down to Steve Clark and his players you know uh, 1998 was a long long time ago for me you know 7 years of age I don't really remember it but you know the, the Steve Clark and his players gave us that buzz again for the first time in over 2 decades and, and what a feeling it was and we're in touching distance again for a potentially a second one and it's a massive massive game and, and like I said 50,000 of the Tartan Army in the stadium can only be ever a massive, massive boost, uh, boost to the squad. Another boost for me, Scott McTominay back into the squad. Mm. You know, with Grant Hanley being suspended, we've, we've spoke at length about how key he's been for Scotland. But with McTominay back in there, hopefully the, the loss mm. of Grant Hanley's not missed too much. This is about 50 minutes too late. I should have um, underlined it at the time. Remember I said I was pretty sure that Shea Adams wasn't suspended, even though I saw it reported somewhere else. Um, people are always listening. An, an SFA representative got in touch straight away to say Shea Adams not suspended. Uh, for the Israel game Ev- Eventually we'll have a Scotland game where Should Stephen O'Donnell play or Nathan yeah. Patterson play yeah. won't, won't dominate um, But Nathan Patterson The difference this time Did play for Rangers yeah. at the weekend Which again just brings it all up once more Simon's absolutely right If if Austria was the benchmark I mean Stephen O'Donnell played in a, in a clean sheet there So it's going to be another interesting few days While people debate that one 
Yeah, and I think everyone's going to have their opinion, and I think Simon's point is very, very valid. Uh, for me, Nathan Partson will be Scotland's next right back. He will be the Scotland right back for potentially a decade. But right now, it's Stephen O'Donnell's shirt. Has he done enough to lose that shirt? No. I think um, the difference, is, as you said, and it's right and it's valid. Nathan Partson's came in at the weekend, and he's done what he's done when he's had a chance at Rangers. He's came in, he's done extremely well, and he's a player that we're all excited about to get into the Scotland team. But the fact of the matter is, you talked about that the Stephen O'Donnell's performance in that Austria game. Steve Clark's counted on Stephen O'Donnell numerous times in big games. He's very, very rarely let the nation down. That was his first game in, I believe, I think it was maybe a month or, or six weeks, that Austria month, game. Yeah. And his contribution to the clean sheet was 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 massive. And I've no doubt, again, that Steve mm. Clark will hang his hat on, on Stephen O'Donnell and he'll do the nation proud. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Stephen O'Donnell will play. I think... It's a huge game, isn't it? And I think experience goes a long, long way in this. Um, I agree with Andy totally about you know, Nathan Patterson, the career we will have in a Scotland jersey um, and also in a Rangers one. He's going to be a fantastic player. He's He's got great potential at this moment in time. Never lets the club down. But I just think for this one, mm. and there's also with Stephen Donald keeping the clean sheet uh, against Austria and performing so well, I, I think you have to play him again. Simon, it was great to hear from you. Look after yourself. Hopefully we will speak again soon. That was Simon on the line. Uh, since it's the international break Can the guys name the top 10 players Who are the all-time top scorer for their country And have played in the English Premier League So guys like Ronaldo, Romelu Lukaku We established the likes of Wayne Rooney He's not in that, that top 10 Yeah, right, I'm back Gordon, you're ready I'm back now <laughs> I'll decide right, okay. Robbie Keane Yes, well That's done That's a decent one by yeah. the way It's a good show, isn't it? Right, this guy has to be Ryan Giggs No What? I had Ryan I got Drogba Yes Drogba, big shout Love that any more? Oh, Wales then. I mean, no, but again, nah. it might not matter because if Wales all-time top scorer doesn't have more than fifty-six, then oh, Mark Hughes. What's right. Mark Hughes got? Nah. Forget, forget Wales, it. okay? Forget, forget yeah, Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. down the garden. I'll, I'll give you some thinking time. We'll get the answer. Samuel Eto'o. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, he's the la- he's the fifty-six. He's number ten. Okay, we'll get the rest next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday Honestly watching these two go um, Put their minds together for this full time teaser During the break has been quite entertaining So tonight we're looking for Can the guys name the top 10 players Who are the all time top scorer for their country And have played in the English Premier League uh, So they've got like Samuel Eto'o He's in 56 So basically anyone who the benchmark Yeah that's the benchmark You need to have scored more For your country than that And be the The record holder Did he Drogba Romelu Lukaku Robbie Keane Ronaldo Do you want Do you want my guarantee <laughs> Or do you want my massive oh, shot I'm fed up with this guy's mind games Just give me an answer Right well Suarez is one Yes Well done 64 goals for Uruguay do you want to go with your show? No, no, I looked him up and he's got 30 right, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean you looked him up? I'm not supposed to admit that Right, huge shout Landon Donovan Yes Oh, it's massive <laughs> Oh, that's fire He's redeemed Told himself back. After losing and beat the pundit Do you know, incidentally wow. though Everton No, no, a bit more knowledge for you here Clint Dempsey? He's tied with Clint Dempsey Yeah, I was thinking one of them so, See well the, Ameri- the Americans and Canadians yeah. They scored some amount of goals Yeah, play a lot play, of games uh, 300 games so against what are we looking at? teams uh, Haiti I remember that. Can I tell a quick story? Absolutely I will never forget The day Scott Arfield's Canada Get beat off a of Haiti He get knocked out <laughs> And a Concaf It was the best week of my life Honestly 
Oh, it was tremendous. <laughs> Alan McGregor did not let him stop. <laughs> They're a good side on their day, are they not? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can back that one, but it was amazing. Was he getting it? Time, oh, was it was he? amazing. It was to get to the semis or something as well. It was so good. Uh, right, three to go. And I can easily split this up for you. One is easy. Can't believe you've not got it. Other one, middle. When he does that. Other yeah. one, middle of the road. Third one, forget it. We could be here till next Wednesday. Genuinely. Uh, Unless. Unless I get an Orlando no. Donovan shout. Um, I'm being very general here. My geography's maybe not what it should be, but can't be that far from Haiti. Put it this way: it's closer to Haiti than we are. A good bit closer. All right, I'll leave that with you. Philip is in Motherwell. Hi, Philip. Hi there. How you doing, boys? How are you? You okay? I'm good, good, good. mate. Hey. What's your point tonight? I thought you I've got, I've got a couple. Uh, the one about all the tackles with uh, how the heavy tackles are going on mm-hmm. and how they can they can appeal it in that. Can you imagine soonest in that appealing tackles when back in their day? That'd I, be hilarious, wouldn't it? They'd I, be booking them for weeks and weeks going end. I think even Marvin Bartley trying to appeal his <laughs> from ten years ago in the the championship or whatever, uh, Marvin. So I think yeah, Phillips right. It's, on one hand, yeah, you know, and we can laugh at that, but the other. If the game's moved on, it's moved on, and there's not not a great deal you can do about it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Obviously, the rules change uh, each season, and and the clubs are appealing based on the rules that we we've got now. Um, and as I said, you know, I don't know what the thought process was behind it, but they obviously thought that they could appeal. They thought there was grounds for an appeal, and they made it. Um, as I said, these things aren't free; you have to pay for them. So yeah. you know, they're not going to just go and throw money away. They obviously thought they could win it, and, and they didn't. Uh, what else is on your mind, Philip? Uh, the Scotland game as well. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the wee boy Patterson. Uh, how you can you can even Steve Clark can think about putting a Donald one in front of him. I don't know. I don't. Is, is Rolston included in the, the squad? No. No. That's that's probably Steve Clark as well, isn't it? Uh, but no, definitely. Wee Patterson has got to get a start. And I heard a caller earlier on saying as well about uh, Tony Watt because he's he's like played not even a ten games this season and he's scoring some goals to get included. Uh, that's ludicrous How you can even say that There must be somebody before him I'd probably get a game before him I, I, I mean probably not For what it's worth But um, the I, I get I get where Let's be honest We're not saying I don't think anyone who suggests it Is saying Tony Watt should be Scotland's number one striker Lead the line You know it, it's more about If you're including four And I think Marvin What we've seen recently Is Steve Clark's shown That if you're a good goal scorer In the Scottish top flight you can get included Kevin is But Lauren Shanklin's been in there Eamon Brophy has played Scotland games In the last few seasons So that's the category where You would say Is Tony Watt a million miles off those guys? No that's the thing If you are if you are performing uh, International football I think for far too long Was picked on Just the same sort of players Like you said If Tony Watt's scoring goals And he's, he's doing well for his club team Then why can't he be You know an international player He might not be everybody's cup of tea Lyndon Dykes wasn't everyone's cup of tea For a while you know, and, and now obviously the nation are relying on him to go and perform well against Israel mm. um, for us to win the game. So, you know, I, I think, you know, Steve Clark's the right man in the job. And as you said, he picks players based mm. on their form. And, and if Tony Watt will add something to his squad or his team, then, then he'll put him in there. Here's just on that logic then, Philip. So, because by the way, you, you might be right, more than entitled to your opinion. If you feel that Tony Watt playing a few good games this season doesn't constitute a call up for Scotland, why would you have Anthony Ralston in? Because Ragnar Alston has been playing phenomenal. For how many games? Well, since the start of the season, but he's had more European mm. games than that as well. So, and since the start of the season, since the start of the, the, the kick-off, well, the uh, qualifiers as well. We've got to see how Ralston's got to get a game before the Donald, at least. 
Andy? Um, listen, I think Ralston started the season really well. We've spoke about it on the show. Uh, maybe the last two or three games, maybe not quite the level he showed at the start. Uh, again, we're talking about are people a million miles away for the squad? I don't think Ralston is. Uh, I think he's done well enough to certainly be in Steve Clark's thoughts. Uh, to be fair to the caller earlier, I think he made the comment about Tony Watt because he thought Che Adams was missing a game. Mm-hmm. So it was, the, it was the availability of another striker in there. The Parson O'Donnell debate, it's like I said, I think both opinions are very, very valid. I can see the argument for for, for Nathan Parson coming in. I think he's there's two caps now for Scotland and both times he, he performed extremely, extremely well. But I think time and time again, Steve Clark has put his trust in Stephen O'Donnell and, and nine times out of ten, he's not really let the nation down. His club form, is it at his best? Potentially not, but going into these big games, I think experience is, is massive. I think trusting your, and your players to do the job is massive. And Stephen O'Donnell um, has been a part of a Scotland team that's been very, very, very successful. Under Steve I think Clark, this is where we see the difference because Phil, and we all we all, we all do it. That's why we love football. It's easy to kind of watch from the outside and say, "Well, I think he's better than him, and he should definitely be in." And maybe sometimes it should be that simple. But if you're Steve Clark and you have to make the decision, you are you've got Anthony Ralston, a guy yeah. who you've never capped, yeah. versus a guy who in the very last game we played kept a clean sheet for you in Austria and also helped you keep a clean sheet at Wembley and also uh, played in your, your biggest other game in Serbia. So it's understandable that the manager would view things a bit different whether you agree or not. No, of course. And, and you have to remember it's international football. You know, managers don't get, you know, the whole season to work with these players. They're not working with them daily. They normally have like a, a seven to ten day period. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to be said that players that fit into kind of the mould that he wants and the culture that he wants as an international manager... Um, so you know that's going to be the reasons why thank you Philip we are out of time my apologies hopefully we'll speak at a bit more length next time three more on the teaser let's go Milan Barros nope Venice Roy James Grady sent me a a good one in Davy Sucker I think he means Davor he's he's correct that's not correct though he's not got enough goals right the easy one come on give us the country Sweden oh it's Latin it's a shocker right the second easiest one you are better than that Bosnia Zeko Zeko The last one I told you seriously Trinidad and Tobago No No chance Stern John Stern John (laughs) Oh we got there in the end (laughs) There we go Stern John There's a name we don't hear On Super Scoreboard too often Thank you It was a good question though It was good Thank you Andy Halliday Thank you Marvin Bartley Will we do that again sometime We haven't put you off for life No no I'll be be back back. I'll be back Good That was Marvin Bartley Alongside Andy Halliday (laughs) Uh, Thanks for all your calls And tweets We are back tomorrow With Gordon DL And Mark Wilson And Callum Gallagher Is up next